Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. For this week's episode, we have a discussion about our church's third distinctive, everyone needs the gospel, especially me. We work through what we mean by this and why it matters for our health and our mission as a local church. As you reflect on this discussion, I'd encourage you to prayerfully consider, where do you believe this truth that everyone needs the gospel, especially yourself? And where would your thoughts, self-talk, actions, and or attitudes indicate that maybe you're more functioning out of a misconception that you don't need the gospel as much as other people do. In all of this, I trust you'll find this episode helpful in better understanding and valuing this distinctive in your life individually as a Christian and in our life corporately as a local church. week's podcast, we're going to continue our episodes of discussing our church's distinctives, kind of cutting room floor idea. We preached through these this last summer and just want to continue to kind of socialize these and bounce them around. But before we dive in to our third distinctive, thought we'd use this opportunity to get to know each other better, have the church get to know one another better. So guys, let's talk about pets. So why don't you each share? Do you have pets? Do you like that you do or don't have pets? Just kind of help the church get to know you a little bit more through the lens of pets. Todd, can we start with you? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm i really not much of a pet person, but we do have a cat. Um, I would love to say I'm a dog. I'm really not a cat, a cat guy. Uh, I'd love to say I'm a dog person, but I just don't care enough about animals. And, and dogs are social and they need lots of work and that doesn't fit our family very well at all. We look, a, a cat's nice because you can just leave some food and water out and walk away for a few days and the cat will probably be happier than if you were around. So we have a cat. Do you want to hear more about our, yes. about our silly cat? Give us the scouting report okay, on the cat. So if, if you remember from some podcasts ago when Ken Garrett was on to talk yes. about yeah. spiritual abuse, uh, he's a very uh, close friend. His wife, Sharon, um, is, is, is a cat breeder, British short hair cats. And so she has given us cats, wow. uh, female cats in the past. And, and the idea is that she gives them to us for free but then we breed the cat or and she, or we let her breed the cat. Sure. Um, and so she takes the cat away for a while and, and brings the cat back and she's got all the paperwork worked out. And then we have kittens for a while and there we have granddaughters running around and our boys and the cats are, the kittens are socialized really well. And, and then she, takes care of all of it, the papers and the shots and all that. And then she takes them away after a while. And, a good arrangement. and so we've been doing this for a few years. Yeah. Uh, because of that, we, we name our cats after ladies of ill repute. Um, so we've had a, we've had a Delilah. We've had, I think we've had a Jezebel. I'm not sure. Gotta we, have a Jezebel. We've oh had a Milady and our, our cat right now, it's the best one we've ever had. It's white. It's a white British short hair. They're normally blue. Um, 
And so her name is Jadis. If you remember oh, who my Jadis goodness. is. She's the white queen from <laughs> That's right. Lion, she's, Wardrobe. she's the yeah. white witch from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, oh, that's perfect. And these cats are crazy expensive. And so whenever we have a litter of kittens, that box of stupid kittens <laughs> is far and away the most valuable thing in our house. Oh, it, my it, goodness. It would make you choke if I told you how much those cats sell for. How much do those cats sell for, Todd? <laughs> Thousands of oh my dollars. Gosh. Wow. Yes. Have they been nice cats for your family or are they the typical uh, cat? This is without a doubt the best one we've ever had right okay. now. We, we, we really like her. Okay. So. She's, 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 she's a, my, my wife wants a lap cat mm, and, yeah. you know, like, like a Gumby cat or whatever from cats. If you're I'm just picturing but. a British short hair cat. I don't know what that means, but I want to feel well, like. You can do a Google search. I, I, I should right now. now. On the yeah, they are very classic. Yeah, I was going to say they're more cats. refined and have better manners than typical I'm not, cats. I'm not sure about that. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't even know what a well-mannered cat, what that even means. <laughs> yes. I, I, I like cats because I don't care about animals and they don't care about me and we get along just fine. <laughs> Perfect. Get along just fine. Oh, so. Todd, that's awesome. I love the naming strategy of the cats. That's great. All right. I just found a YouTube video that said, don't get a British short hair. <laughs> it's one of the first things that popped up. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how about you? What's your experience with pets? Uh, well, we do not have cats because thankfully my wife is allergic and I hate cats. So sorry to all you cat lovers out there if I just turned you <laughs> off. Um, but we do love dogs. Um, we had a dog, maybe a uh, Weimariner, which is like a German hunting dog, even though we don't hunt. We had her for 12 years, 13 years and had to put her down last fall, which was really difficult. I think it's the last time I cried. Uh, mm, so you just yeah. know where I'm at emotionally in life. It's been a long time. Uh, well, what about when Dame was traded? I was traded? about to say, when Dame got traded, it got dusty. <laughs> that got awkward in the, in the about, office for a while. It got yeah. dusty. What about when Bill Shonley passed away? Was, it, was that, that one, a tearjerker that for one, you? Like, that was a tearjerker for me. I felt it in my heart when yeah. the Shons passed. Okay. Um, so it's been, Taylor and Olivia have wanted another dog. And I've been like, I don't know if I can do this again. But Taylor has convinced me. It sounds like she's got one picked out. I was she talking does. to the So yeah. we're going to get a uh, a Bernese mountain dog. That's awesome. They, they can be like 130 pounds. But I guess they're just big stuffed animals. They just sleep all day, which okay. is like perfect for us. Okay. We, social dogs are good, but like we are lazy when we're at home. So we <laughs> want a dog we can just fall asleep on and cuddle with. And so she's got one picked out that I think we're in February. There's like a litter coming from some website she found. So those are we'll the see. cutest dogs. They are, they are adorable. And yeah. that's part of how she convinced me. That's awesome. So, all right. That's us. I'm going to be the bridge between you two guys. We have a cat and a dog. Yeah. Why? When we've had seven kids in our house, because we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not a cat guy either, but our current cat for a cat is relatively nice. Relatively. Our dog, uh, Oliver, our second Labradoodle, great dog, carries allergic, hypoallergenic type thing. We got our first Labradoodle in a scenario like you guys with breeding type stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, our current Labradoodle, Oliver, Super cute, great with kids, uh, not an intellectual. <laughs> he he chases cars. He tries to eat their rubber tires. Whoever's coming into our driveway, he tries to eat their tires. He likes playing in the road, which by where we live is not a good idea. No. So super kind, fun dog. Yeah, not smart at all. So yeah, 
It seems like that dog has a strong stomach because I've seen him eat a lot of stuff off the ground. And (laughs) then you say, no, he was fine later. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's learned to adapt. So, yeah. yeah, So, so look at us, we're covering the gamut between cats, dogs, cats, and dogs. Yeah. All right. How many people just skip the first seven minutes of this podcast? Probably a lot as well. They should. Okay. So let's dive in. We're going to talk about our third distinctive today, which is everyone needs the gospel, especially me. So I'm going to read that and then we'll just kind of explore what we mean by that and maybe why that matters in the life of a local church. So everyone needs the gospel, especially me. Here's what we mean by that. We are a gospel centered church. The driving belief we have is that everyone needs the gospel, but that belief always begins with me. Every believer needs the gospel on a moment by moment basis. We need to be reminded of God's grace, his unending love and our new status before him in Christ. Only when the gospel is truly good news to us will we ever be positioned well to give it to others who so desperately need it as well. And then we refer in that, again, you can check out our distinctives on our website. We focus on 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, Online, it's 1 through 6, probably better 1 through 11, just in terms of what the gospel is and the impact it has and implications in our life. So why don't we just kind of explore that? just kind of press into it a little bit. When we say everyone needs the gospel, especially me, why does that matter? Like in our life, Christians, we live on this earth. And why does it matter for the life of a local church? Thinking about perspective and posture. So maybe in your own life, just kind of like put some flesh on it. How have you seen this have a positive impact in your life? or a negative impact when you're not living into it, that everyone needs the gospel, especially you. So we can just kind of explore that together. Jordan, thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, a lot of people that come to our church just hearing their backgrounds, a lot of us have legalistic backgrounds mm-hmm. where we felt like it's about what we do, whether or not it was explicitly taught that way, it's kind of ingrained in us. And that can happen in Christianity in general, because we want to do good. We want to be righteous, but are we doing it for the sake of God loving us or because we're being obedient to what he's commanded? And so I think when you start to remove the gospel out of your everyday life, we start to become very works-based. So like as a student minister, if I am like, yeah, I'm good to go because I made a profession of faith when I was six and got baptized a couple weeks after and, you know, now I'm all right. Well, that doesn't help the students. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help my wife or my my daughter. If I feel like, yeah, I've got this this figured out. It's a one-time, all-time decision. If I'm not preaching the gospel to myself all the time, then I'm, I'm not a good repenter. I'm not good at listening to critiques or learning or, you know, and I can't relate to students who are struggling with making mistakes and feeling like they've got to live up to mom and dad's expectations. But if I can say, no, like we are all in the same boat, we all need Jesus. That's our only chance. Then you start to relate to each other much better. And I think it just gives us the right perspective of looking at everybody in the world. I, I don't know who first came up with the phrase, there's no perfect people allowed at church, but like, that's the gospel, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we ever start having some sort of, you use the word flesh, fleshly demand Mm -hmm. of what is required to be a Christian. And it's not to say that we don't pursue sanctification, holiness, but when that's our focus and we, and we can start to create an us, them mentality versus the world, 
we're protected within our church circles. We don't want that kind of person coming here. Like it just, it, it makes everything go out of skew. So we have to be reminded of the gospel every day, which helps us recognize the need that everybody else mm-hmm. needs the gospel every day as well, which can put us on, I think, some common yeah. ground. Yeah, well said. That's really good. Todd, how about for you? What's that dynamic look like? How does that work in your life or just kind of thoughts you'd have in terms of corporate life as well? Yeah, I think I would just be repeating a lot of what Jordan said. Um, I, I need to recognize that that my relationship with the Lord is always based upon the finished work on the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. And forever will be that. Uh, I I never approach the throne of grace on my own merit. Mm, um, it is I, I always come uh, claiming only the blood of Christ. That that is it. Um, my my hope in in life is is the resurrection, which is also part of the gospel. It's not yes. again me achieving anything like that. And it's easy for me to forget that. And whenever I do, I lapse into self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. uh, which is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and particularly when I'm doing well, it's like that way for anything, but it's particularly relevant when I'm doing anything ministry related, which so much of it tends to be spiritual. And and, and why I think that I have any uh, <laughs> sufficient means to accomplish anything spiritual, I, I have no idea at all, but mm. it, I lapse into that thinking. Um, you know, if it, corporate life, uh, so I'll, two quick things Please. on that one. Uh, uh, the, the church is made up of individuals. So Christ, Christ bought a church, but he also bought me individually. And so it's, so what's, what's true for me is true for every individual and it's true for the entirety yeah. a, a, as a whole. Uh, we, so, so everything I just said about me applies to everyone else as well. Um, and, and from a very practical standpoint, e- even in our interactions with each other, um, it, it, it's, it all has to be led and dependent upon uh, the cross of Christ. Think, think about something as simple as forgiveness. Uh, why I should forgive mm-hmm. uh, my my brother or sister? Well, it's because of what Christ did uh, for for me. Right. Yes. Um, I, I have been on the basis of Christ's death and resurrection. I have been declared righteous. I, I have I have been justified. Uh, God has forgiven me in Christ. Um, and and then think of like the the parable of the ungrateful. Uh, servant uh, who was forgiven much, but then was not willing to forgive uh, s- someone perhaps a little more equal to him in station mm-hmm. of, of 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 a significant uh, debt, but insignificant in re- relative to what he was forgiven of. Um, and it's 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 remarkable that we tend to hold other people to a higher standard than than ourselves. Why should I think that that I can approach the throne of grace and be declared righteous on the basis of Christ's death on the cross? Um, why would I not extend, therefore, forgiveness to someone else? Exactly. Um, they, that Christ's death was sufficient for my sin. Christ's death is sufficient for uh, someone else's sin. I, I don't need to make them pay extra, right? And so, so as, <laughs> as Christians, we can forgive freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can lay aside all right to and and claim for for vengeance or justice or anything like that because that debts have been paid. Yeah. Um, 
as Christians, we can do that and, and, and we ought to do that. And, and so, so that shapes all of our interactions with one another. I guess that's yeah. a, a simple no, it's illustration. So it feels like as I was going over our distinctives and thinking about our conversation, this is one that feels so big. It's maybe hard to kind of like get traction into, but it feels like one that we can just so easily assume or check mm -hmm. the box. Like we all know those of us that profess faith in Christ, mm -hmm. we know this, but it's, it's so easy to move past it or to assume it or to drift from it. So it's something we don't want to assume. Um, amen to what you guys said, just real quick to share. It's been on my heart often lately, and I heard it somewhere recently too. You know, in Second Timothy chapter 2, the apostle Paul has to remind a pastor, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ <laughs> risen from the dead. So mm -hmm. like how if they're prone to forget, we're prone to forget. We have to remember and that he's risen, you know, mm -hmm. and then just live in light of that. So, um, yeah. How about let's kind of go a level underneath. What do you think, let's say for Gresham Bible Church, let's say a few years from now, everyone needs the gospel is assumed. We don't live into that like distinctively or clearly. How would a church drift if we don't see that I need the gospel first? before I see that other people do it. Um, I have some thoughts, but I just kind of wanted to explore this together. The question's somewhat theoretical, but it's not because we've all seen that kind of drift happen. Yeah. And that's, we don't want that to happen in the life of our church. So help project that if you drift from this, how does this typically play out? What are some patterns you would see in the life of a local church? I mean, I think one that can happen is you, we start to, embrace Christian nationalism to an extent. Mm -hmm. I'll just go out and say it of we start to become focused on legislating uh, holiness mm. and you can't do that because we're dealing with people who have a completely different worldview than we do. And it's mm -hmm. like, we forget that if we think we have it right and we just label everyone else as the, they, and they have it wrong. They are sinners. They are going to hell. And we, and it's like, it's like we think we got to fix morality in society to somehow bring people to Jesus, which I don't, mm -hmm. I don't see that in the gospel. So, um, I think we can become like moralist more than anything mm -hmm. else that we're looking okay. for what looks good and right in the world, but we're not pointing it back to, the the need of we are all sinners in need of the grace of God, which is seen perfected in the love of Christ on the cross. So, okay, um, yeah, I, I think we can just we can that I, that's probably the most extreme, dangerous mm -hmm. place you could go. Probably just like week to week preaching applications is just going to be a bunch of checklists to do things. Mm -hmm. If it's just yeah. removing the gospel out of things, um, yep. it's 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 more of like a pep talk to get you through the week or something yeah. like that. Be a better you this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever, whatever great Joel Olstein bestseller is at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you call it moralism. You're right. That's a ditch that you could move towards for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, anything come to mind for you? Well, I think uh, I, one sign of drifting and just to, to piggyback on what I had said earlier about in what my own inclination is, is to, to lapse into kind of a, a self-sufficiency thing is that when, when the leadership of the church forgets that the gospel is the main thing and, and that, that we all need the gospel, especially me, um, that, that perhaps, uh, we, 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 
we forget that we've been given much grace yeah. and then we don't extend grace to others. Um, we could probably get a bit heavy handed. Mm -hmm. uh, we probably uh, begin to excuse sin uh, in, in our own lives mm. and amongst each other. Yeah, good. Um, we... Uh, could get uh, at worst case, it, we could start to get abusive. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the, the heavy-handed sure. thing. Um, if if the leadership recognizes just how utterly dependent they are upon the gospel, um, then I think that could be one thing that could safeguard. Yeah. At, at least the leadership of the church. And then of course that, that filters down to everyone. And, and yep. before long, if things go sideways, you could lose all kindness and, and all gentleness mm -hmm. and, and all of the things that mm -hmm. God is trying to make us more like in Christ. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It seems like I agree just to play off that. Um, it's the honor and obligation and sobering reality that as leaders in a church, we get the opportunity to live into this mm -hmm. and to make mistakes in it, but to kind of the um, church takes its cues from how this lives in uh, the leaders' lives. And so this is one that we always have to, yeah, not assume. I'm like you, Todd, I can easily drift into self-sufficiency and I don't even know it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I have to remind yeah. myself of that often. Why do I do that? Uh, yeah, multiple <laughs> reasons why, but yeah, to, to live out of the gospel and thinking how it also impacts like what it feels like to be part of a certain church, right? Not to make it too overly emotive, but like there's something about culture mm -hmm. in the life of a church. And so if, if we continue to want to press into this, to love, treasure the gospel, that should only make us a more warm and hospitable mm -hmm. church mm -hmm. because yeah, we're not advancing our own righteousness at all. So um, I think there's yeah. really important implications. You, you, for you saying culture of the church has made me think of like, just how shallow would the relationships in a church be if the gospel is not the center of everything? Yeah, I just feel like everything would just be so surface level of how we're performing and stuff. Whereas when we're talking about how the the gospel has transformed us and changed us, like that's when you really get to know each other. The best part of our community groups is when we're just sitting around hearing everyone's story and every mm -hmm. story is just as amazing as the last because it's a story of a sinner being rescued and mm -hmm. being changed. And like, if you, we didn't have it at the center, I don't yeah. know what church would be a mm -hmm. club. Yeah. What would it be? Man, that's a great question. Yeah. Club special interest group. Yeah. You probably define yourself more by what you're against than what you're for. Yeah. Different yeah. Stuff yeah. Like that's, that's a good yeah. way to yeah. put it. Yeah. Yeah. How about in our distinctive, we say only when the gospel is truly good news to us, will we ever be positioned well to give it to others who desperately need it as well. There's two wells in there, but uh, like, let's think <laughs> about this. <laughs> who wrote those? <laughs> exactly. Did Grammarly review that first? Uh, think about evangelism mm -hmm. and how much we treasure the gospel. Isn't there a relationship there? I know there is, and you guys shared personally, I'll share personally in my heart, in those seasons of my life where I, I hope I'm being faithful to proclaim the gospel, like when I was back in corporate world scenario with non-believers, it's when I was distinctly aware of my need for Christ and how Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards calls it, how lovely is God to you, how lovely mm -hmm. he is. When that's cold in my heart or assumed, mm -hmm. promise you I'm not speaking it very often. Sure. So there's a relationship there. Would you guys agree, disagree with that, nuance that? Yeah, absolutely. If you're not 
again, if you're not reminding yourself of it all the time, I don't think it's going to be at the forefront of your mind of being a need for someone else. Like, yeah, I think a lot of times I'm just like, just, this is a silly example, but like, I feel like every time a friend starts some new diet craze or workout <laughs> regime, that's going to change their life. They evangelize about it. Right. Like yeah. it's working for me. You should totally try this out. Like that's mm -hmm. really common. Or you go see a movie you like, mm -hmm. you want everyone to know about it. Well, if you're not preaching the gospel yourself on a daily basis, you're going to have no excitement or see the need of why would I ever share this with somebody else? But if yeah. you are Amen. aware of, man, I need this, then when you look at other people, you're like, oh, I, this person has to know this too. I have to tell them about yes. this. Yeah, man, good word. Amen. So if you hear me talking more about Matt's barbecue tacos <laughs> than the gospel, you should call me out, Mike, what's happening? Yeah. I mean, we should evangelize about that. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's say GBC is listening to this. They're like, yes. Uh, when I treasure Jesus more, when the gospel's real in my life, especially me thing, I'm more prone to share it with those who desperately need it. What ways, and I don't want this only to sound like a spiritual discipline thing, although that's good and beautiful. How do you guys keep the gospel like at the forefront of your mind and heart so that you're living out, you're ministering out of that place? Does yeah. that make sense? So if you're prone to self-sufficiency, you know that. What have you kind of developed in terms of rhythms in your life to treasure the gospel so that you're you're ministering from that posture? Does that make sense? Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think something as simple as like daily Bible reading is helpful because the gospel screams out from mm -hmm. every page of scripture. Amen. You don't just have to be reading the gospel accounts of the death and resurrection of Jesus or Paul's thinking about it, yeah. but but you see the, the the story of redemption throughout the entire Bible. And but also coming to the Bible with that mindset too that I'm I'm going to get this. Um I think it's I think it's helpful each day to to like contemplate your own sin. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds mm -hmm. like really dreary or navel gazing, but I, you know, you, you read Paul who it doesn't seem he, he ever got over the fact that God had saved him. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he thought of himself as the worst of all sinners. And, and I don't think that's like quantitatively the case. Mm -hmm. I think that there have been worse folk who have come through as, as vile as the <laughs> sins of Paul no doubt were. Um, but I think it's good for us to, I, I mean, I don't know the darkness in other people's hearts, thankfully, but I know, I know what lurks within me. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and God uh, saved me, uh, loved me uh, during, and, and saved me and, and is saving me and is changing me. And, and, and I, I think that like, as I, as I read the apostle Paul, it just overflowed um, yeah, that, that he shared the gospel uh, out, out of an overflow of, of, of wonder. I'll bet he also did it even when he wasn't feeling, sure. feeling it too, which yeah. is important, right? Amen. But Paul didn't care what your motive was in sharing the gospel. And so, <laughs> so like, even when he wasn't feeling it, I'm sure he was still on message. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think we need to be reminded of that too, yes. right? Just because you're not feeling jazz doesn't make the gospel any less majestic or, or the mm -hmm. need for it in the, another person's life any less Amen to that. just because you're having a bad day. Yeah. Um, and, and so... That, that, you know, every now and then you just do something out of duty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Training but, yourself. Yeah. But it's going to be exhausting if that's all uh, you're, you're 
you're thinking of is just, well, yeah. it's my duty to share the gospel, so I'm going to do it. Right. Great, do it. You're yeah. probably doing. You're probably sharing the gospel more than I am if you're doing that. <laughs> um, but that that well's going to tap out pretty quick if yes. it's duty, duty, duty all the time. And yes. So. Yeah, that's good. I was thinking of those same dynamics in First Corinthians 15, where you see, you know, distinctly remember and what is the gospel, mm -hmm. like the particulars, right? The mm -hmm. real historicalness of it, but then how that actually lived and functioned in Paul's life and out of his life when, yeah, he never got over God's amazing grace to him and who he used to be, who he's been remade, where his identity is in Christ. It's like, yeah, um, pretty telling for us too. So yeah, Jordan, anything you found helpful in your walk with Jesus just to, yeah. you need the gospel, especially? Uh, yeah, I mean, thankfully we already did the scripture central, all we do, the gospel is there everywhere throughout yeah. scripture. So if you're in God's word, you're being reminded, mm -hmm. it, it, I feel like half the Bible is just telling you to remember stuff that's already <laughs> happened anyway. So yeah, you're reminded of what the, this grand story is. And then the crazy part about that grand story is that like God looks at you as someone that he wants to be involved in that story. And so I think that can make you feel small, but it can also make you feel special of like, wow, he loves me so much. This is for yeah. me to put things in perspective. And then, you know, just, I, I still use this as a basic model for prayer, the acts, A-C-T-S mm -hmm. of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But if you just make it a practice of, confessing your sin than that contemplating your sin. If mm -hmm. it's just something yeah. that like, I think the more you confess sin to God, the more aware you are mm -hmm. when you are sinning. And then yeah. when you're aware of it, the more you recognize your need for the gospel, right? Of like, yeah. it's kind of like a circular logic thing. And so I think that I, I am fully aware when I mess up and when I do mess up, I'm fully aware of man, I need more Jesus in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I, so, uh, but I don't, I don't sin all the more so that grace may abound Amen. more by, by no, no means. means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that is a reminder of just confessing daily or whatever of whatever struggles are that yeah. he's going to forgive me and still love me. And I need to work on sanctification in areas. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All of life is one of repentance. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to read something for us real quick. I think it was in the sermon in the series, but it's just um, been coming to mind often real quick. So forgive me for the old language, but I think it's beautiful on uh, Valley of Vision. There's um, a short prayer called the gospel way. So I just want to read this real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap up here soon. Uh, the gospel way, blessed Lord Jesus, no human mind could conceive or invent the gospel acting in internal grace. Thou art both its messenger and its message lived out on earth through infinite compassion, applying thy life to insult, injury, death, that I might be redeemed, ransomed, freed. Blessed be thou, O Father, for contriving this way. Eternal thanks to thee, O Lamb of God, for opening this way. Praise to thee, O Holy Spirit, for applying this way to my heart. Glorious Trinity, impress the gospel on my soul until its virtue diffuses through every faculty. Let it be heard, acknowledged, professed, felt. I'm sure there's a lot of other things we could pray in our life. Mm. But if you're praying that a lot, that's, good. that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Um, any encouragement you would give to someone who's like, yes, 
I know I'm supposed to, uh, you know, everyone needs the gospel, especially me. You guys talked about the importance of giving yourself to God's word. Just any other counsel or encouragement you've, you'd give to anyone who maybe wants that perspective or to live that kind of life, but they feel stuck and, and they know they got a ways to go there. Mm. Any just thoughts? I, I think there are helps along the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, Pipe, John Piper has written some really good books on seeking and savoring Christ. Um, um, the, a bunch of people in our church have read Gentle and Lowly. Mm-hmm. The, the, these are just meditations on, on the person of Christ and, 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 and the gospel as well. Um, so I, I, I think those would be uh, of help. I, I yeah. think to just asking other people to pray for you mm-hmm. is, yep. is a good thing. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, there, there's probably going to be times where this is quickly turning into like a, 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 a spiritual discipline sort of I, thing, I but, yeah. but I think there's going to be times where, you know, you, you might not be feeling it and, and that's, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, that there is sin in your life or that mm-hmm. you moved or anything like that. It could, that's just the, the rhythms of this life. And it might be the Lord testing. It might be some, for some other reason and just getting someone to pray for you and, mm-hmm. um, and stick, stick with it too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'd say, I think every, maybe not every person, I'm, that's, that's such a broad category. I think most of us, when we are struggling with something, or we feel like something wrong is wrong. We always feel like I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. what I have found to be true is if you just normally you're one or two people away from finding out that, oh, no, I'm ex- I like I, I'm with you on that. And so mm-hmm. I think just being honest with people and knowing that because the gospel is central to all we do, you have people at Gresham Bible Church that there's no judgment there's no, we're not thinking less of you. If, if you feel like you're in a period that you're struggling, find someone you trust and tell them and hear their story of how God has been at work or is at work in your life. And, you know, that can lead to praying for one another. But I think a lot of times we just assume everyone's got it all figured out. And the point of the gospel is none of us have it figured Mm -hmm. out. That's the whole central thing of this. So rely on each other. That's what makes us a real community. That's doing life together. Oh, look at that. Wow. Tied it in. That was well done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about this in preparation for our discussion. This is going to sound really clunky because it is, but I know in my life when I, the, the rhythm or the pattern has been when I grow in my seeing God as lovely through the gospel and the reality of my own sin, it's when I'm being stretched. Mm. So this is going to maybe sound like a pep talk. I don't mean it, but if you feel stuck, if Jesus is less glorious to you, his work in the gospel and how that lives out of your life and how you see other people, I would encourage you to do something hard. I like that. And then you're going to realize more of your dependence on Jesus. And then that's a good place to be. So I'm not saying to do anything crazy, but like if you feel stuck and like, yeah, Jesus doesn't feel any sweeter to me this year than last year, look for someone in the life of our church to just serve, look at needs in our community, talk to that coworker about, about Jesus you've been wanting to for the last two years. And I promise you, you will start to feel the wonder and the sweetness of the gospel more in your life as you live into that. So yeah, anyway, good. whatever that's worth. Um, yeah. Thought I'd throw that out there. That's so, great. Yeah. Cool.
Guys, thanks for the discussion. There are churches distinctives. Yeah. And yeah. we learned about each other about pets too. Yeah. So that's good. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> cats. Uh, Gresham Bible Church, if this discussion brings up any uh, questions, things you want to talk about more, um, whatever it may be, please feel free to reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. So until next time, love you, GBC. Thank you.